Okay, good morning everybody, it's Gimel Tammuz, and we're holding in Shabbos, Daf Kuf Yud Omid Base, right towards the bottom of the Daf, by the two dots, about five lines from the bottom of the Daf. And we are continuing with a little bit of an Indian of Rufua, of uh, healing, and how this regards to smearing various uh, creams and oils and things like that, and it's something which is actually very, very Negea Lochana So we learned earlier, Liyerokonoy, so if you've got someone, for example, has this problem of jaundice, train b'shechra, so we said there's two parts of the, the, the different spices and things like that, and you put it with, uh, with beer, b'shechra, akar, and it makes a person uh, sterile, you can no longer have children. What, you're allowed to make yourself sterile, you're allowed to do something that will cause you never to have children again? How's that possible? Having children is a gavaldiga, gavaldiga mitzvah. How can you put yourself in a situation where you're stopping yourself from having that? Vahatanya. There is a brayser. How do we know that to castrate, to make a person, he's no longer to have children? How do we know that it's asa? Talmud Loima, the Pasuk says, when it talks about all of these things that you shouldn't do, crushing and breaking and detaching all the testicles, these things you shouldn't do in your lands. Right, you shouldn't do it. So basically that means So that means you cannot castrate, you cannot cause yourself to never have children again. So how could you drink this potion if that's what it causes? Says the Yeah. When is it also? When that's your kavana to do so and you do it be a dime. Right? You take the, 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 the testicles and you detach them or you crush them and therefore you're doing something be a dime. That's also. Here it happens by itself. Meaning, I'm drinking a refu and like at the same time, it makes the person castrated and things like, it's more like a grummer, something like that. That's how the ritva at least explains pshat. Over here, it's, well, the case over here it says the ritva is goyim. It causes that you don't give birth, but you're not doing a bais of yadayim, and therefore that's no problem. If a person wants to ensure that a chicken will no longer give birth, will no longer be able to uh, be pregnant, will make someone pregnant, you take off the crest, and automatically it will never have children again. How could that be? No. By taking off the crest, you're not causing the chicken never to give birth or become pregnant or make someone pregnant. No. You're taking away its gaiva. You're taking away its most important, uh, respectful part of the animal. And mimela, it doesn't want to get, doesn't want to be with anyone together again. It doesn't pshat. It's not the pshat that it makes it sterile. It's not what happens. Ella besoris. No, no, no. In other words, this that we said you're allowed to drink. This drink that makes a person uh, not have children is someone who's already castrated. He's already basically not able to have children, and therefore there's no problem. Says him of Omer of Chiva, Abba Omer of Yechonon, as we turn to Kufiyal of Omer, Alav, Hakol Moidim, Bemechameitz, Achar, Mechameitz, talking about the Korban Mincha, that you have a few people that do uh, work with the uh, Chomets, right? It's Chomets, which means it's, uh, you know, it's risen already, which is not allowed by the Korban Mincha, and one person does the lash, and one person puts it into order, one third person bakes it. You're not allowed to do that. Shuchayev. How do you know that's a problem? Shinema, by the Korban Mincha, loise of a chomets. Not doing it's chomets, loise chomets. Right? So you see from there, that even if a person just baked it when it was chomets, he didn't do the rest of the thing, in other words, he didn't, you know, knead it, and he didn't arrange it, whatever it is, but since he did it, even though the process was already done, it's the lasa. The same thing will be over here. 
And if someone's already castrated, you're not allowed to recastrate him. Shuhu chayiv. You're not allowed. Shenema umol v'kosuk v'tonul v'nosuk v'koros. Right? All those actions that we say that are forbidden. Imal koros chayiv. If a person is chayiv when he detaches, when he cuts the testicles, so al notuk lekoshuk. For sure, if he removes them completely, elo lahavi notikach al koyves. Elo the pshat why it says nosuk is to tell us tell us that uh, that uh, that what. It's telling us that a person that does one after the other is going to be chayiv, and if therefore that's our case, then how can you answer all that we said and kufiyud aluf base that we said that what we're talking about here that's more to drink this drink is someone that's already got this castration, he can no longer have a child. You see from here that even if it was already done, you can't do it again. You can't repeat the process. Ve'ela bezakein. We're talking about an old elderly person, and the elderly person anyway can't have children. Now, by the way, the Toysus Arosh over here explains, it's not doima, like an old person, not doima to someone that's already been castrated, because over there, by a castrated person, Be'etzin, they can have a children, and the Ma'isa, they were castrated, so this is Xavier Zakosov, that tells us that, you know, if you Be'etzin, oh, within the age of having children, and you stop yourself, so re-stopping yourself, is also awesome, Masha'in, can a an elderly person, he, he's, not in the, he's not in the parish of Bechlal, that's why we're talking about him. No, but Rabbi Yechon was the one that said there are certain medications that can bring an elderly person back to youngster. That would sell for a lot of money, by the way, nowadays. Right? They would they'd make you feel young and make you act young and make you look young and be incredible. So, therefore, even if it's an elderly person, Lamaisa, you could take something that make you younger, therefore you would be able to be, become, make someone pregnant. And therefore, how can we talk about taking that thing? Ella Isha. The whole sugi over here is talking about a woman. We're talking about a woman who drinks these things. The woman that drinks these things as a contraceptive item, Beseda. She's anyway not no chiv of puruvu, right? We all know the Gemara in Yavama, Samachem and Beis. That says the Maisa, Staten Parasha, puruvu, Molo has always forgive sure. And Darshan is the Gemara, it's a derech of a man to Lechvosh and not a woman. And therefore we see from there that the Possek of Puruvu is going on a man, not a woman. So therefore a woman is not Chiva Puruvu. No. So let her drink that. She can become castrated on herself. That's not a problem. She can make herself sterile. Yeah, but then the Gemara says that the Possek of Puruvu is both, both going on male and female. How do we know that? What are you going to say? Michael and Maven. Now you're stuck. Who is drinking this drink? says inami ba'akara. We're talking about an elderly woman, or we're talking about a woman that's previously sterile, and that she could no longer have children in that case. And as the Ritzvah says, the only way she can have children basing is, I'll be a total nace, and therefore there's no real problem for her to drink this special drink. Someone that has a toothache, right? So one eight, so I'll just give you now the Kavachayim brings the Hilchas Tzitzis, and that is that if you have to go along and shorten your Tzitzis, I remember if Shami says, I didn't like it when you had one string that was like way longer than the rest. So the Kavachayim brings down that, of course, we know that you're not allowed to cut it with Barzel, right? Because of the Mizbeach and something that lengthens life, it's not allowed to cut a life. So I'll call upon him. Uh, what does the Kavachayim say? Do bite it with your teeth. And that is a skula, not to get a toothache. Beautiful. So over here, what we're saying is in the Mishnah, if you got a toothache, don't sip vinegar, because that will maybe, possibly, we'll see in the Gemara, help your teeth. But you can, you know, dip some biscuits into vinegar and eat it regularly. And if it works, it works. So someone has a problem with his loin area. Don't smear the area 
with wine and vinegar. It's not a normal thing to do. And therefore, obviously, it looks clearly that you're doing a maise with which is asa avosochu as a shemen. But all you could do, because that, that everyone does, velo shemen vero, they're not rose oil, because again, that's very expensive. And therefore, if you're doing it, it looks clearly like you're doing it for rufur. Benei malachim zachin shemen vero, damokuseyem. No, children of kings, princes and princesses, they would shmear themselves with rose oil. They would do that even during the week, so on Shabbos they could do it. So the Heidegger of Shimon, ah, my say how beautiful this is. All of Kalal Yisrael, we are all princes and princesses. And therefore we are all able to shmear ourselves with this expensive oil because we are all right to be, we are all royalty. And therefore, we are allowed to do that. Zuk de Gemar Romela Romelei Rav Acha Aricha Duhu Rav Acha Ba Papa. The Rabbi Vo Tanan Shtei Tanan Mishnah Hachoyshe Bishinuv Leyigma Mesach Choymet. Let me be the Chamitz Valu Lishinayim. What? Since when is vinegar good for the teeth? Vaksivka Choymet Lishinayim Uka Oshen Neinayim. It's bad. Like Asha Habikua De Piri Habachala. The Pesach is talking about wine that was made from grapes that basically was totally not ripe, and that's very very sour. And that is actually going to be harmful for your teeth. Whereas our Mishnah was discussing the vinegar that comes from regular vinegar, which is basically from wine, from regular good ripe grapes, and it became sour, and that actually will help your teeth, right? So what people do is they, they, they put, take a shot of whiskey, right? So it's a similar idea. When you take a shot of whiskey, which the Shulchanach and Semishin Chopchas talks all about, is that you cannot take as a, mm, swishing it around and around and around, because that's not normal, it's more than a fruit, but you can have a few shots, Within reason, obviously. And you could do that, because that's a normal thing to do, right? The Bracham of Eimach would done this, right? Because we know that the Shulchan tells us in the other day, that you're not, you know, not allowed to have meat and fish together, right? So the real issue is actually cooking them together. But Lemaisa, one after the other, the Ramal says that you're meant to eat something in between, or drink something in between, Chacham Asadam, whatever. So uh, the Bracham always tell me that they're very makbid to, to drink a double chorif, a sharp drink, because that's mavatl all of the fish in your mouth, and therefore now they can go and have the chicken soup afterwards. So therefore they dafka have a shot of whiskey, or something similar to that. So, again, having a shot of whiskey will be fine, but swishing around would obviously be a problem, because it's if you have a headache, if you have a toothache, we have a toothache. Both of them are talking about regular vinegar. Depends. If you've got a maca there, then the chomets is going to heal it. If you don't, then it will not be good for it. Don't uh, sip vinegar. The problem isn't to sip. The problem is to sip and then spit it out. Then it's really nicky you're doing it for a four purposes. But to swallow it, no problem. No, I'm a man that you're spitting it out. Therefore, it's much for four, and that's why it's also. No, no, it's even though you're actually swallowing. I kasha can if they tibul can the tibul. The price that said is muta is talking about a situation that you're swallowing it and taking it when before eating purposes. That's no problem before eating. Normal thing to do, right? Everyone does that. And the Mishnah over here by us that said it's also even when you're swallowing it, it's talking about after you've eaten. Everyone knows you've eaten already. So why are you doing this? Oh, you must have a bad tooth. And that's why it's a problem. The name of the Lefei Tibul Shari, Lacha Tibul Nami Shari, the Shemina Lederova, the Iste Hoyle, right? We know the famous Sugya, Gemara Beitza talks about it, Barichas, and that is the Sugya of Hoyle. We learned this, for example, recently in the Sugya of Erev Tavshilin. 
Right? Once something is hoil, what's hoil? Hoil, it's mutter for this, it's mutter also for this. Right? Like they asked the Kasha on Yontif, are you allowed to kill a mosquito? If you're allowed to do shkita for, you know, oichel nefesh purposes, so hoil, you're allowed to do shkita for eating, uh, also it should be mutter also shaloylet tzayrech of not eating purposes, but annoying purposes, because that mosquito is bugging me. Anyway, mostly we don't do that. But we do say hoil in many, many situations. So what we're saying over here is, since we know that rubber holds of oil, so since it's muta before eating, it should also be muta after eating. There is no malach on Shabbos that's muta and you give us also while hoil the Shabbos Shari. Since it's muta on Shabbos, it's also muta on Yom HaKippurim. So why doesn't Rava say the same thing? Since we allow you eat it before the meal, they should allow you eat it also after the meal. Hodobay Rava Mahach. No, Rava went back from that. And many holds that even after the meal you're allowed because of home. I don't know, he went back from that. Then when my he Hodobay, maybe he went back from the whole sugya of Hoyol Bechalal. The whole sugya. That's ridiculous. You see from here, we do say they didn't have hoyal, the hoyal allowed to be toivel on Shabbos. They were also allowed a person to be toivel on Yom Kippur, not on Ochanamaisa, but anyway. Ha'choshev, a Muslim person has a problem. What can he do? He can't shmear himself with certain oils. But my name are allowed. All of Klali Sol are allowed because we're all royalty. Are you telling me that Rav goes like the sheep is back to the baby wipes? Here it is. You've got a barrel, and the barrel has a hole, and you put a faucet, a tap, inside. Now, it's impossible to make it exact, which means that around the tap, it's all going to come flying out. It's going to come dribbling out. So what do I do to keep the wine inside? Before I put the tap in, I wrap it around with some piece of cloth, and then I stip it in. By the way, I don't know if you ever saw this. In Chotzeras, you probably don't have this, but in Eretzisrael, the radiators and these sorts of pipes and everything sometimes are actually wrapped around with little flax uh, sort of strings, and then they stick it in. It makes it tighter. It makes it more um, watertight. So the same thing over there. It says the Gemara Kuvirad of Omid Beis, Asula Dukipi Yemetuva. You're not to stick it in. Why are you not allowed to stick it in? Because obviously the shmata that's around the tap is going to get wet, and therefore when you stick it in, you're going to be doing schita, because you're going to be causing the liquid that is absorbed inside to come outside. And uh, with Shimon holds, you could be makel with a dova she'enim eschaven, right? Dova she'enim eschaven is generally, according to Rib Shimon, it's going to be okay. We learn that in Vav base. Says the Gemara, by here for Rib Shimon, no. Normally, Rav Shimon's make about Enimus Kavan, which is for sure Enimus Kavan when you put in, when you stick it in, right? Like people say with the baby, there's no Kavan to get the wood out. Anyway, so we'll say the same thing over there, right? I feel like Rav Shimon might because of him, it's about the Psigresha. The Bayer, the Amit Travayo, Maida, Rav Shimon, the Psigresha, but I Everyone agrees, even Rav Shimon, that it's Vada going to happen, which it is by the baby wipe, even if it's not your Kavana. But anyway, then of course it's going to be Asa. Vamar, Rav Shimon, Rav, Halacha, Rav Yehuda, but Halacha is not going to be Yehuda. That if it's Enim is Chavon, it's Asa. Rav Chanan Ba'ami, Omer Shmolach, Rav Shimon. Rav Chiba Ovid, Mastino, Beloi Gavri. He didn't give the names of the Amiroyim. He just said like this, Rav Omer Alach, Rav Yudah, Roshon Omer Alach, Rav Shimon. So in other words, how can we say over here that the Lach is like Rav Shimon to be made up of Hilchah Shabbos? What's going on? Ela Omer Rav, Aniva, Rav Shem, Chaburah, Targimeno. We explain it, Umani, who's this? Who's that? Rav Shem, Chaburah, the line of the of the, of the Chaburah. Rav Chia, Bar Oven. Halach is like Rav Shimon, Velav, Mitaymei. The Halach is like Rav Shimon, that you're allowed to shmear yourself with the rose oil, but not for his reasoning. Remember, his reasoning was because clearly soil or royalty. Ma Halach is like Rav Shimon, Velav, Mitaymei. Ilem Halach is like Rav Shimon, the Shari. If you want to tell me that Halach is like Rav Shimon, then it's 
daughter to do the rose oil. But not for the reason of him. According to Shimon, he holds that you're allowed to do it even if it is a refuah, because that's not your kavana. Right? Also, you can't answer this and matter this. It doesn't make sense for Rav Sova. No, it doesn't even heal you. The Sova Rav, what? He's telling us it doesn't heal. If you told me, like it says in the Mishnah, that the royalty would do this during the week as it heals them, so obviously it does heal, right? The Shari, the Lacha is that you're allowed to shmear yourself with the Rozo. Not for his reasoning, the inner of Even if it's not Shriach, it's still going to be Mutta because all of Klali swallow royalty. So I don't care if people do or don't. You are allowed to do it. Rav Sova is Shriach in. If it's shkig that people do it all the time during the week, then okay. It's not muchach for a four, therefore it's mutter. Vi'iloi shkiach loi. Obasa de rav shkiach mishka de ravarida. According to the place of rav, it was very, very common, and that's the reason why rav allowed it to be done, even though, according to the Tanakama, um, even Tanakama will be mutter. Okay, that's already machrikas. We're showing you whether or not there is a machrikas, not a machrikas that we're not going to at this moment of time. Let's see Rabbi say a little bit later. We're going to hajun alach shemun yishirot sim baruch Hashem. We were to finish this gavaldiga gavaldiga fourteenth parak of Masech Shabbos. We're now going to start the fifteenth parak, which is the melacha of kosher gavaldiga in nogeya halacha mamish. I don't think there's a Shabbos that goes by that we don't have a shaila of kosher. Let's try to explain it. Right? We have to remember kosher is one of the lamentous melachas. It was done let's say letayeles, and we'll see beis Hashem lots of different halachas. Ve'elu kshorim shechayovim aleim. These are the nuts. That you are chayev, kesha hagmolin, right? A camel one will explain. The kesha saponim, and the sail is not. Just like you're chayev for the making of the knot, you're also chayev for the untying of the knot. It's a very important thing, right? For example, we know by making braids is a problem, so therefore undoing braids is a problem. Making a knot is a problem, so undoing a knot is a problem. Whatever's going to be also because of untying is going to be also because of untying as well. And a person has to realize that. Now, let me just give you a little bit of a background. If you go to the Mishnah for example, some Mishnah Yitzayin, there's a Modek Mishnah Lachos, Rabbi Chanklievsky Shlita writes in his Sefer on the Mishnah he says that Semen Yitzayin, which is the Alocha that we're about to go through right now, is a Gavaldiga Alocha, because it's Alocha that if you go through the whole Gemara and the Mishnah and all the Nois Kalim, you still won't have Alocha Namaisa. That's why it's so important to look at the Kitzis for him and understand it, or maybe listen to a Shia, whatever it is, and understand some of the Alocha Namaisa, because Rabbi Chanklievsky is made that just learning the Gemara and the Shochan Aruch and Mishnah is still not going to come out with Alocha But I will tell you, very important halacha of a Hagdoma is that Rashi learns that the Hagdoma of a Kesha, that's also the Raisa, is depending if it's Shalkayama or Eina Shalkayama. Meaning, is it going to last? Is it not, I don't care what it looks like. But is it going to last for a long time? What's the definition of a long time? We'll get to that. But I'll upon him, is it a Kesha Shalkayama or not? I don't care if it's a Kesha Hedyut, Kesha Uman, Lachpatli. Whereas the Rambam, and also the Rift Paskins this way, holds that in order to be Chabir the Raisa of Kesha, it has to have two conditions. Condition number one is it has to be Shalkayama, has to last. And number two has to be Shal Uman. And only when you have both of them will it be an Issa. If you have one without the other, according to the Rambam and the Rift, it will not not be an Isidara, so it will be a Duabon, and then we'll see. We'll try to give many, many different examples because there's a lot of halachas based Hashem that we have to learn over here. We'll try to speak out as much as we can. So let's continue. One last thing in the Mishnah. Any Kesha that is so easy to untie with just one of your 
uh, one of your hands, ain chayovamalov. You're not chayov. That means even if it's a kesher shel kayoma, you're not going to be chayov. Now there's a major machloikas rishonim. If Reb Meir over here in the Mishnah is coming to be chayuk on the Tanakama, or he's being moisif on the words of the Tanakama, he's explaining. The Ritva, for example, learns that the Tanakama avada is maskim to Reb Meir. All Reb Meir is coming to be moisif is this hosofa that, by the way, if it's so easy, you could be taken with one hand, then you're okay. The Meiri wants the Taina know. The Meiri says the Tanakama is choylik and Reb Meir, and holds that even a Kesha, that you can undo with one knot, is Asabidaraisa if it's a Kesha Kiyana. So it's a Makhlaikas was showing him how to learn the end of the Mishnah. But again, let's get to the Gemara to understand a little bit more. Says the Gemara. My Kesha Gemalim Vikesha Saponim, right? So he said the two knots that are real knots are a camel's knot and a sailor's knot. Right? Now, obviously, this is going to translate to a lot of things nowadays. Let's see. Right? They used to have in the camel, they still do, a nose ring. And in that nose ring, you tied a knot to tie it to the lamppost if you went to go buy something in the local store. Right? That's what it is. And the kitra, the kotre, the istrida. Right, that was the uh, kesha that they tied onto the uh, onto the side of the boat in order that when you want to go and like stand on the side, you don't want it to fly away. So you tied over there. Says my kesha How can you bring a ride from there? That is not something that's permanent. That's something you're just doing as a temporary thing for a moment while you're going into the store to buy a coke. So you tie the camel down, or just ride the boat, taking us, you know, whatever. So it's not a kesha kayama. The main is not a kesha kayama. So therefore, why is that a ride from the Mishnah? And a kitra does mama gufe. Or the istrida gufa. We're talking about the actual knot that you put the nose ring on. That's what we're talking about on the camel. Or you put the actual, um, the mast, right? The, the ship's, like the ship's ring. And you keep it there. You always, re- that one remains in its place. And then there's a, non- a non-permanent one that comes afterwards. Okay. A little bit more Rabbi say, and then we'll stop for today. Says the Gemara, Kol Kesha. Right? Kesha, any Kesha that you can untie with one hand, you're not high. Says the Gemara, Boy Rav Achadvoy Achoy. Right, the brother of Ma'acha, Aniva. Oh, what about a bow? Well, what about a bow? A bow is very simple. You take it from one side and you can undo it. So I'll give you a few examples. We'll talk about Lachan as we go through the Perek. What's the din of fear of Meir? What's the shayla? Time of Reb Meir, Mishnah, Yochalati, Rabachas, Miyadavudu, Vaha, Nam Yochalati, Roy. The reason was Reb Meir was what? Well, since you can untie it with one hand, so it's not called the Kesha. Memele over here also, by a bow, just one hand, just whoosh, comes out, right? You shouldn't be chayv. I don't know, maybe you say, the reason why you're not chayv on a Kesha that you could tie with, untie with one hand, it's not stark, it's not good, it's not tight. For her, Mahadik, and you can make a bow very, very tight. Take a, we don't know. Okay, we have to know what this means. Again, we're going to go to different examples. But the Gemara is talking about Kesha Shal Kayama. Kesha Kayama is anything that will last. For example, you can have this even on a child's dress. Sometimes you can have a knot that's just there for decoration. That actually might be a issue of Makkah But even a Kesha Shal Kayama, so for example, one example that the Ramah brings in Sifalaf and Shinya Zayin is a Kesha Al Gabi Kesha. If you've got one knot and then you put another knot on top of it, right? People do this on Shabbos with that tzitzis. Hashem Yerachem, I saw a guy once in me Kippa. Mamma Pay Kippa, right before the Eater, there he is trying to do Chuva and he's tightening his tzitzis because he's bored during Chazal. So Akaponim is tightening it, right? That's obviously going to be a problem because that's a Kesha Gabi Kesha. It lasts for a long time and therefore it's problematic. We'll talk about it. Zuk Dalik Mishnah, with this obviously we're going to end. There are some not so not Chayev. Kesha Gabonim, Kesha Saponim, right? Certain ones, you're going to be part of a loss. Kesheres Isha Mifta Chaluka. A woman is allowed to tie her apron. 
right? It's a very nagay, by the way, when you have, for example, a winter coat and you tie the knot over there. So one knot is not going to really hold, right? One knot, by the way, is mutter. You always have to do one knot, whatever happens. Unless it's a knot onto itself, right? A bag that you twist and make it into a knot. But if you take the two ends of a garbage bag and you make it into one knot, that's no problem whatsoever. It's not even called a knot bechlal. So if you do that on a raincoat or a woman on an apron, it's not going to work, right? So there are certain cases that will allow a person to do a kesha or gabi kesha, a knot on top of a knot, if it's very, very loose and it keeps on coming undone. Vishal pisko. I mean, v'chutis vava, the hat, v'shal piskan, the girdle, v'tsuis, menal v'sandal, v'nodis yayin v'shemen, v'kuderi shabasa, v'belezer v'nyakav oimek koshen of v'behemo v'shvil, shalai teitze, that you're allowed to do, and v'ezer shem tomorrow will explain this in more detail. Have a wonderful day.